kingdom living, kingdom living, kingdom living. This is what we are been talking about through the through the last nine one going into the ninth week. How to operate in the kingdom. What does it look like? How do we cooperate with, with Holy Spirit? How do we partner with Holy Spirit in our daily li- lives? Do you understand that the, there's only one way that the kingdom of God is going to manifest in the earth, and that is through the body of Christ? There's only one way that the kingdom of God manifests in the earth, and it's through you. It's through me. How will people see the goodness of God? If not through you, if not through me, if not through the church. How will they not see the kingdom that stands in contrast to the kingdom of darkness? If not through us. This is so important. Especially in the times that we find ourselves in. And we have to be repent from apathy. We need to repent from slothfulness and apathy and not caring and just going about our own life. And we have to understand that we are here for a purpose. We are here for such a time as this. We are here for this this great awakening that's happening throughout the world. And for the glory of God and the manifestation of the saints of God. Kingdom living. The church has to be prepared. And we've been talking about this and Jesus told us about this. He explained it to us. And we've, we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks in John chapter 7, verse 37. You know, at the, wom- the woman at the well, do you remember what Jesus told her? That if you drink the water that I give you, there'll be a spring of living water. You'll never need anything more. How many of us are... Jesus isn't enough for a lot of Christians. We've got to seek these new things. We've got to seek this, these new... Spiritual things, uh, portals and weird, weird stuff. Jesus is enough. If you have Jesus, you have a spring of living water and you do not need anything else. Right? And, on, and Jesus said on the, on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come drink from me. And when we drink from Jesus, we don't need anything else. And from Jesus comes that spring of living water into eternal life. Right? And he says, he who believes in me. So you drink from him and then you have to live your life believing in him. Believing in him. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So the spring of everlasting life, the spring of life that Jesus gives the believer is to come up, come bubbling out and flow out in different streams of living water to the world to manifest the kingdom and the goodness of God. And this is God's will for you. Is it your will for you? Is this something that you desire? 
Do you desire this? Do you desire for you to become a conduit for the Spirit of God to move in this earth? But this He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You know, He talks about here, as the Scripture says, so that means that there was a prophecy leading up to what Jesus is saying. This is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And in Ezekiel 47.9 it says, Wherever the rivers go, plural, the rivers, they will bring healing, fruitfulness, and they'll bring life. I'm telling you, our world needs the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. We need fruitfulness. We need healing. We need to bring life to the situations that we find ourselves in today. You know, for the last two weeks, we've been looking at ways that the, that the Spirit flows. And as, we, and as partners with the Holy Spirit, we need to discern the flow. That's what these teachings are. These teachings are for us as individuals discern in how to partner with Holy Spirit in our, life, in our lives. For a lot of us, the Holy Spirit's wanted to flow through you, but we, never, we didn't discern what the Holy Spirit was doing. We didn't discern that the Holy Spirit was wanting to do something. And because we didn't discern that the Holy Spirit was wanting to do something, we didn't take the time to talk with Holy Spirit, to pray for what He would have us to do in that moment and in that place. And because of that, God's will failed to manifest in that moment. We already talked about this last week. That God's will does not always happen. In the promised land, they failed, they failed to enter in because of unbelief. Today, as a believer, you can fail to enter into all that God has given us through Holy Spirit, through what? Same thing, unbelief. In multiple places in Scripture, in Timothy and, and, and Peter, it, it talks about, it's not God's will that any should perish, but for all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's God's will. But God's will doesn't always happen, does it? We, gotta, we, we need to make sure that we are not hindering God's will from manifesting in the earth. As partners with the Holy Spirit, we need to discern that flow. We need to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we need to cooperate with Him. By doing so, we will see an increase of the supernatural in our lives. And I'm telling you, our supernatural should look just like Jesus's. Naturally supernatural. He was in part was Jesus in partnership with the Holy Spirit? Yes. He says, "I don't do anything unless my father's doing it, and I don't say anything unless my father's speaking it." Right? So how did he know what the Father was, was wanting to do and what the Father was wanting to speak? With the Holy Spirit. 
Do you understand that? So many people think that Jesus showed up as Superman. He did not show up as Superman. He showed up as Clark Kent. He showed up like you and I. And he showed us what is possible for an individual that is completely free from sin and in perfect harmony and partnership with God through the Holy Spirit. He was 100% God, but he set aside everything that made him God and he became dependent. He became a servant. Yeah, Chad, but Jesus was sinless. What are you in Him? What are you in Him? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made sin, that we might be justified, just as if I had never sinned. As believers, this needs to be our desire. It needs to be your desire. Holy Spirit doesn't force Himself on anyone. And if you're sitting here thinking, well, God's never moved in my life, God's never used me, God, is that your desire? Do you desire this? Because as we've seen, this is God's desire for you. This is God's desire for you. Do you remember the first two flows that we've discussed so far? We got the flow of what? Love. And we have the flow of life. Oh, not life. Light. <laughs> Light. Revelation. Right? Today we're going to look at the third flow of the Spirit, and that's the flow of life. The flow of life. Understanding the reason why we're teaching this. We're not teaching just, just to fill up fill up space, to have something to talk about on, 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 Sunday, on, on Sunday morning. It's so that we can learn to cooperate with Holy Spirit. You can know these flows, how Holy Spirit is fl wanting to flow, and you can step into the river and allow Him to flow through you. Amen? And it doesn't matter you're, if you're old, it doesn't matter if you're young, Holy Spirit uses everyone. He doesn't look for silver vessels. He doesn't look for golden vessels. He doesn't look for clay vessels. He looks for willing vessels. Are you willing? Are you willing? I'm telling you, there are people sitting in pews that they're not willing for Holy, to allow Holy Spirit to flow in their life. Look at these verses. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He's asking a question. If it does, does, it, does the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you? Let's answer that. Yes. Right? Yes. So if it does, and it does, it says, Will he will he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you? 
So the Spirit has the power of God's life and that, same, that power of God's life raised Jesus Christ from the dead and He says, if that Spirit, same Spirit lives in you, it has the ability to give life to your mortal body. Not your immortal body. Your immortal body has been sealed. It's, it's, 100, it's perfect. Your immortal body that is in the earth right now, your physical flesh, Holy Spirit has the ability to give it life. To give it life. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, For we who are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. This is the Apostle Paul. I, for time's sake, I didn't, I'm not reading the whole chapter to you. But he's talking about all the hardships that he faces as an apostle. All the hardships he faces as a believer. Persecution. Right? And there's always the opportunity to die. Everywhere Paul went, there's an opportunity for someone to kill him. They wanted, they wanted him dead. And he says, even though we're always delivered to death um, for, this, for Jesus' sake, because we're preaching the name of Jesus, he says, in the midst of this world trying to kill us, we have the opportunity for the life of Jesus to be also made manifest where? In our mortal flesh. In their, His physical body. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Paul in both, of the, in both these scriptures gives us insight into the flow of life that is available to every believer. In Romans, it says that the Spirit will give life to your mortal bodies. And then in 2 Corinthians, it says that the life of Jesus might be manifest in your mortal flesh. This is an opportunity that each one of us has, and we neglect it. To know that the life of the Spirit lives in you. You know, there's a song that only the good die young. He's absolutely right. We should all look young when we die. But we're old. Why? Because the Spirit is in us producing life. Producing life. Are you partnering with Holy Spirit in the flow of life in your body? Holy Spirit is with us always. He's always with us but there are times when we can become aware of His presence. That you become aware of His presence. Where you become physically aware. That the presence is, is manifesting so much that even our mortal bodies are experiencing it. Have you ever been in a place like that? Have you been in a place during worship, during prayer, during meditation, with, with, uh, spending time with the Lord. Where your physical flesh is experiencing the presence of God. Your physical flesh is experiencing the life 
of God being manifest. And that has an impact on our mortal bodies. It has an impact when you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Have any, anyone here ever experienced or seen somebody falling, hitting the ground on the, under the power of Holy Spirit? Having someone just laid out on the, on the power of the Holy Spirit. Understanding the flow of life of the Spirit, understanding this flow of the Holy Spirit will help you to understand why some people in those situations fall. Right? Do you know why they fall? Do you know why people fall? You know why they fall down? It's because they can't stand up. That's, that's why. That's why they fall. Because they can't stand. Right? Peace. And even though Many, and including Christians, have experienced, have, have, have seen this experience, or have it, maybe they haven't even experienced it. But there's a lot of those that don't understand this move of the Holy Spirit, and to them it seems bizarre. It seems bizarre to see someone hit the ground. It seems under the power, under the flow of life of Holy Spirit. But do you know that it's actually biblical? Do you know it's biblical? In 2 Chronicles chapter 5.13, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were all as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice and the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercies endure forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister. They couldn't even stand up. By reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. You know you're the house of God now? And what happens when His life, what happens when the glory, the goodness of God is just overwhelms you? Do you think it's possible that you might not be able to stand? And when that happens, deliverance happens, things happen in a second. Transformation happens. Healings happen. Revelation, new ministries and new, new outlooks happen in a moment. When the flow of life comes into an individual. In John chapter 18, verse 4, it says, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that would come upon Him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? This is Jesus. He was in the garden of Gethsemane, preparing to go to the cross. Angels were coming and ministering to, to Him. Because of the weight of, of, of humanity that was upon his shoulders. And Judas was leading the soldiers to come to arrest Jesus. 
And, and Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Naz Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am. In our Bible, it says, I am he. Jesus answered, I am. Have you ever heard that before? Moses, who shall I say sent me? I am that I am. Jesus says, I am. And when he said that, they drew back and fell to the ground. They hit the ground. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says, as he journeyed, talking about Saul, he was on his way to imprison, murder, and persecute the church. He came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He experienced God. He experienced the life of God. He experienced Jesus Christ. He experienced the goodness of God, the glory of God, and he hit the ground. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw the golden lampstand. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded with, with about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Hmm. He had in his right hand seven stars, out, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. So falling under the presence, the manifest presence of God, is biblical. When you have a flow of life come into you, into your mortal body, It knocks you on your butt. And something I want to pull out of here, God wants you to know this. God wants you to know this right now. When you read Jesus in the book of Revelations like we just read right there, do you know that's how Jesus always was? Jesus was, this, this is the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Do you know when John, who just got knocked on his butt like one that was dead, do you know this is the same Jesus, the exact same Jesus, that at the Last Supper, he rested his head upon his bosom? This is the same Jesus. That's amazing to think about. 
that this is who this God is, but He desires for you to rest on His bosom. He, rests, he, he, he desires to have communion with you and fellowship with you and be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. This is that Almighty God that He desires for you to know Him as Abba. Your daddy. <laughs> that is awesome. Here are four, four cases where the presence of God was so strong that an individual could not stand. The priest could not stand because of the glory of God. The soldiers and Judas fell backwards and hit the ground because of the presence and the words of Jesus. Saul fell to the ground when the light shined from heaven and he heard the voice of Jesus. And John fell down as one dead when coming face to face with the resurrected Christ. There is a physical manifestation of the Spirit of God that is called the flow of life and it has an effect on our physical bodies. It has a physical effect on us. It's the manifestation of the Spirit in our bodies. When the Spirit flows this way, we can cooperate with it. And when we cooperate, when the Holy Spirit is flowing this way, it produces life. It produces life. People come in contact with the life of God. And miracles happen. When the priests were focused on the presence of God, were, they were focused on the presence of God, the, soldier, soldier, the soldiers, it resulted in the fear of the Lord. When Saul, it caused, caused Saul to be saved. And when, 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 when John hit the ground, he was in the Spirit and was able to see the reality of who Jesus always was. Who Jesus always was. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, it says, But the anointing, which you have received from Him abides in you. Do you know that you have an anointing that's abiding in you? And again, it wants to get out. It, it's this flow of the rivers of God, the flows of the rivers of the Spirit that wants to get out of your body and make a difference in the world. It says, But this anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it, it, it has taught you, you will abide in Him. You need to, this anointing abides in you, and when the flow of the Spirit starts happening, you can ask Holy Spirit to teach you on what you are to do. And what you are to do it depends on if you are abiding in Him. Do you understand that? This, this is that same thing we, we, we talk about, about, about every believer has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have every believer. This anointing is abiding in you, but are you abiding in Him? That's a deliberate choice that you have to make for yourself. Are you abiding in Jesus? Are you abiding in the Spirit? And when this tangible presence, the anointing, the flow of life manifests in some way in our life, the Bible says that the anointing will teach you. The anointing of God, of, of the Holy Spirit, is there to teach you about the things. And this includes the purpose of those times when, 
of this, these manifestations of His presence and how they're going to flow life through you to others. We must stay sensitive. Sensitive and pray. And, and when, I, when we talk about these, when these flows come, we need to, we, we, we're not independent from God. We are dependent on the Holy Spirit. And when I say we need to pray and ask God about how you want to move, I, I'm not saying that we need to go away, get in a prayer closet, go away, spend hours and hours in prayer to find out what God wants to do. No, you should be in fellowship with God and you should just be asking God under your breath, God, I feel the presence that, that you're moving me by compassion. You're moving me by love. Lord, you've given me insight into this situation or what's happening in this person's life. How do you want me to react? And expect that anointing to teach you. I'm being moved by the compassion. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, I feel the tangible presence of your life permeating my mortal body. What would you have me to do? And listen. Sometimes we think that praying is, is this long drawn out religious thing. No, it's, fel it's fellowshipping with God. It's fellowshipping with God. It's speaking to God and expecting Him to speak back to you. You know, some people say, you, God speaks to you? That's weird. Well, I think you're weird. We need to start telling people, God don't speak to you. God speaks. And His sheep hear His voice. We must stay sensitive. And, we're in, and, and we ask Holy Spirit and ask Him, how do you want me to partner with you in this, in this moment, in this situation? And when Holy Spirit tells you, you react. You react. He will show you and we respond. And when we respond to Him, that His life will flow and manifest through us through, and affect our life and lives of others around us. Many times, the flow of life will work, work in conjunction with the gifts of the Spirit, like the gifts of healings or the working of miracles. Next week, you're going gonna, gonna, gonna to start seeing the definitions and, under, uh, and the biblical definitions and understandings of the gifts of the Spirit. Right? There's nine gifts of the Spirit. What do they mean? And how do they, how, how do they operate? What does it look like when they operate? Right? But these flow, the flows of the Holy Spirit work in conjunction with the gifts of the Spirit. Some ways to recognize the flow of life for some people, they experience heat in their body. It's like they're on, like all of a sudden they're just getting on fire. They're on, they're warm. Some people they 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 have a tingling sensation in their hands or something. They, Remember, this is something, the flow of life affects your mortal body. There's something that starts happening. And when something starts happening, you find out, find out what He wants to happen next. Right? You can have a tangible manifestation in your physical flesh. And, and it increases the tangible presence of Holy Spirit. The atmosphere changes. Things start happening. It just... 
you know that God's there and God wants to do something. And again, you have to then partner with Holy Spirit. You just don't go off and do what you think. See, this is the problem with a lot of Christians. We can, we can hear, we can have understanding of someone's situation and we can guess that that's what Holy Spirit wants to do. And, and if, if we step out of order, if we step out from being dependent and partner in partnership with Holy Spirit and take the lead, we can, we can fail to see what God wants to do. There could be something where there's a physical ailment in, in an individual and you're thinking, God wants to heal that. But really what He wants to do is speak to some emotional... He wants to do some emotional healing in that individual. That's why it's so important to be dependent on Holy Spirit. To hear what Holy Spirit would have you do. In these times of the flow of life. And as you make yourself available to Holy Spirit, which means making ourselves usable, right? Are you usable? Are, are, are you available to Holy Spirit? Right? A lot of us, we have no vacancy on our, on a, on our, our, our chest. We don't have time for Holy Spirit. We don't desire for Holy Spirit to, to move within us. But we need to make ourselves available to Holy Spirit. There, there might be times when you feel like a, a, a bubbling inside of you. Just some, God, it's like something's in me that wants to come out. Right? In a good way. Right? And it's like a bubbling in, in, your, in your spirit. Or there's a burning. There's a burning that brings forth the spirit within and you move into... Uh, into our, like prophecy or, or, or preaching or teaching or, or respond with some invitation or a command from the Lord. We have to understand that when the Holy Spirit is working within us, how do we partner in those, those moments? Sometimes it's to lay hands on the sick. Sometimes it's to command with the authority of the Lord. Sometimes it's to speak a word of edification and, 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 and see lives transformed. In Psalms 39.3, My heart was hot within me while I was musing. Musing means to, he was meditating. Meditating on the Lord. As I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. There are times when the Holy Spirit starts manifesting in your life. You're, you're, you're focused on Holy Spirit. He's wanting to do something. You're walking. You're dwelling. You're abiding. And, and all of a sudden, it just becomes like fire in your bones. It becomes like fire. And then you speak forth what the Lord would have you say. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of Him, nor speak any more of His name. Well, but His Word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary of holding it back and I could not. There is the life of God 
that dwells in every individual that wants to be manifest in the earth to see the kingdom of God on display and the goodness of God revealed. Whenever this kind of flow of life is moving you, take time. Again, when I say take time, it means just don't do what you think you need to do, but ask, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Pray over it. Seek, seek God. Pray, pray in the Spirit. Under, you, don't, you can do it just under your breath even. Lord, give me revelation. I feel Your presence. I know You want to do something. Give me a little flow of light so I know what to do. Right? See, God, how, how You are to deliver a word or how You're to deliver ministry to, to an individual. And as you pray in the, in the Spirit, He will show you where, how, and with whom to share what's on your heart, what's burning within you. God is after people being well. God is all for. He is after people to be well. He's after people to be free from bondage. He's after people to be free from pain. And He has equipped the body of Christ to bring healing and be delivering agents by recognizing the flow, the flow and following the flow of the rivers of living water. The flow of love, the flow of light, and the flow of life. This is what this world so desperately needs. It needs to have the rivers of God flowing mightily. And not just in church, but in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our government, in our entertainment, in all these spheres of influence, in our businesses. That there would be a place of refuge from a, from a world that's gone mad. That they can find sanity in the presence of Holy Spirit. That they can be set free and that they can be delivered. May we as a church let the rivers flow. May we as individuals let the rivers flow. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, today, as we get ready to close in worship, if any, as we as we as we close in worship, if anybody needs prayer for anything, we're going, we're going to believe and move and allow Holy Spirit to let the flow of life happen in this place. So, if you need prayer as we worship, just come up front. We'll have believers um, come alongside you, and we'll see God supernatural manifest in the life manifest in your life. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Let's pray and we'll worship Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You for the flow of Holy Spirit. We thank You that we have drank Him from Jesus and we have a spring of living water that's living in us that wants to get out, that wants to flow to the nations. And Father, we just thank You for the understanding that You flow in love, that You flow in light, and that You flow in life. And Father, we thank You that this flow transforms this manifests Your presence. It brings the glory of God and it's Your kingdom revealed in earth. We love You. We praise You. And we say, let the rivers flow. In 
Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisnt.